0: The Wait, a short story by Thomas Goddard. It must be our turn soon, surely, whined Dan from behind her. We've been here for hours. Claire winced slightly as Dan turned to address her directly. She thinks about how love is another word for patience. He wasn't really talking to her as much as filling the air between them with the sound of his own voice, but she knew that she'd be forced to give some sort of acknowledgement or else suffer the repetition. He'd recently checked her phone anyway to keep track of time. Yeah, about two so far, she offered. Would well, it been like three hours? Dan asks, clearly not listening to her. Almost, Claire replies, her shoulders raising a few millimetres. They'd been together for ten years, and by this point their love was anything but what one imagined love to be. Where there should have been admiration, instead a certain level of attrition had taken hold an acknowledgement that each had access to a level of mutually assured destruction that made leaving each other hard to contemplate realistically. So for years now, she'd considered it better to wait things out. Hopefully he died before every trace of her vigour had been used up. It was still love though, or that's what she called it. Three hours, honestly, we should have tried somewhere else. Claire restrains herself from lamely admitting that coming here had been his suggestion. Dan, do you want to leave? Try somewhere else? She asks instead. Don't be stupid. We'd waste the time we've already spent waiting. Besides, Dan looks out of the window in the wall of the stairwell. It looks like most of the other places will be full as well. Down there, look. He points to an office building with a queue around the block outside. That place is even worse. Claire looked out of the window dispassionately, then into the sky that held the same sunset tones, but held none of the usual beauty. The whole world had long failed to move her, and nothing had changed now. She's not sure exactly why it occurs to her, but she asks the question anyway. Should we have called your mum before we left? Made sure she was okay. And say what? I don't know, just spoke to her and asked her if she needed anything. Priceless, Claire. truly. Should we have invited her out with us too? Engage your brain, for Christ's sake. And as he says this, she watches a sneer form on the left side of his face. Slight, but there, a smirking, slightly disgusted look that she'd never quite gotten used to, despite how familiar that look had become. He pipes up again. Look, Don't worry. When we get up there, I'll go first. That way, you'll see how easy it is. There's a noise like a loud pop from outside, and it distracts him from whatever else he was going to say. As Dan turns away from her, Claire takes the opportunity to glance at the other people in the line. There seem to be a lot of people around their age, and she wonders about their lives. There's a man slightly ahead of them with gold-framed spectacles and a white shirt and waistcoat on very stylish. Medium-length brown hair, he has a look about him, either he's a stockbroker or a university professor. Declare it doesn't really matter which, they hold equal status in her estimation and that isn't a high esteem. She muses about if he had come here with the young mousy-haired girl behind him. They had spent a little time talking, she'd noticed them earlier, it could have been chit chat and they weren't talking any more, so she decided they weren't a couple, but that they suited each other. And they should have been. In another life, she says to herself. Earth to Claire, Dan shoves her shoulder. The space ahead love look alive. Claire shuffles forward a few paces and the queue stalls again. She wonders how long each person takes. Sometimes the queue moves forward quickly. Once, they even advanced a half-flight of stairs in one move. Most of the time, they advanced three or four steps at a time. The queue wasn't dense anyway. They each had a step ahead and a step behind them. Where they currently stood was at the top of a set of stairs on the hallway before the next flight. She saw the door marked with the floor number on it to her left. Claire went back to looking out of the window again and saw a few helicopters, probably news networks, Choppers circling for a high-speed chase or something else to follow. It was then that she saw smoke in the distance. It looked like a large fire had started on the other side of town. That seemed to be where the helicopters were headed as well. The sunset had advanced and the navy blue night was bleeding down from above to extinguish the sun. Um, excuse me? A woman ahead of her is looking back and Claire follows the music of her voice to her full red lips. She's addressing no one in particular, just fishing for eye contact along the queue. There isn't any chance any of you have a cigarette on you, do? As the woman looks at each face behind her, she catches Claire's eyes and smiles. Claire hasn't processed the request before the woman speaks again. Anyone? Even one I could share the end of? Claire isn't sure why she does it, having hidden her smoking for the past six years, but she reaches into her handbag, takes out a packet and offers it to the woman. Oh my god, you're a lifesaver, thank you. Dan had quit smoking four years into their relationship and Claire had managed a few months before she started to sneak a smoke now and then. She used to sit on the doorstep in her dressing gown late at night whilst Dan lay inside snoring. These days she keeps two packs in her handbag and, owing to the fact that Dan has zero sense of smell, the result of childhood infection, Claire smokes with impunity, albeit out of sight. Claire thinks that love is another word for habit. "'What the fuck was that?' Dan asks her, smothering the pretty woman's thanks. "'I smoke. I smoke regularly. I have for the past six years. Does it matter to you that I smoke?' "'Well, no,' Dan replies.' I just thought, well, I just thought we'd done it together. There's a pathetic quality to his tone that impresses itself upon her. It sounds sincere, but also like he's claiming some sort of fraternity with her that he isn't entitled to. We did, and then we didn't, but I didn't want to let you down. Claire takes the packet back from the woman and takes a smoke for herself. The woman has lit her own and offers the flame of her lighter out to Claire. "'Actually,' says the woman, turning to address the man who stands awkwardly between them, "'can can I offer you my spot and we'll swap? I feel a bit awkward reaching past you.' "'Oh, um, sure,' says the young man in the grey suit. They swap positions and Claire finds herself face-to-face with the woman now. She's a brunette with a spattering of freckles over her nose. She looks Mediterranean, but Claire can't tell if it's through effort or genetics.' ''Name Sarah, thanks for this,'' says the woman lifting her cigarette with the lit tip pointing upwards. ''Claire, don't worry, we've been here for so long I was gasping for one too,'' Claire replies. In the moment of silence, they both take a long drag on the smokes and exhale. All too soon, the bubble of that perfect moment pops. ''And I'm Dan,'' says Dan, as if it mattered to anyone. ''Have you got one for me, love?'' he asks, moving his hand forward in a grabbing gesture. No, you don't smoke, Claire says, a little irritated and emphasising the personal pronoun a little maliciously. She catches herself and wonders at her courage. This gets a smile out of Sarah, who's obviously been listening to Dan and Claire's bickering back and forth for the last few hours. She mouths what Claire lip reads as, nice. Another 30 minutes slips by, almost without notice, and the two women realise that they have quite a lot in common. Frequently, little glances betray an undercurrent of desire that flicks up. Hey, we're moving again, you two. Dan pipes up. The two women look at each other and share a look that says something undeniably vicious. It's Sarah that speaks, and Claire knows that it has to be her. For Claire, being brave always involved someone else going first. Look... I know this is going to sound really mad, but do you fancy getting out of here? I know this is hardly the time, but I get a very real sense that you're in need of saving. And seeing as you save me, I think it's only fair that I repay the favour. At the very least, we can go and smoke these outside. I always enjoy a smoke more in the night air. Claire blushes red and she looks to her feet. Dan doesn't speak for a moment, perhaps shocked into silence, and he doesn't take long. He can sense that something terrible is about to happen to him, and he plays his best card. Clabber? We said we'd do this together, tonight. I'm going upstairs, and if you don't come with me, you'll have to go on your own. Her blood boils at the nickname, but the threat of aloneness gives her pause. Maybe Sarah is only offering a brief escape. Perhaps she will be left alone at the end of things. She's been with Dan for so long that she's almost forgotten her life before him. And yet she still remembers the feeling of being alone. Love was another word for together. But in that way that desperate times call for the most courageous parts of us, in that way that new love replaces the old love, and in that way that sometimes just the wind shifting can realign fate, Claire decides to take a chance. Yeah, okay. Claire says, feeling brave and certain. She still can't look at Sarah when she realises she's taking her hand and leading them both down the stairwell. Ten minutes and many floors later, they head out into the night. Outside, the air is thick with smoke now. There are more fires. Claire watches people rushing in and out of buildings. The only cars moving in the streets are emergency vehicles. Everyone else must have tried to drive out of the city to be with their families, or just to be in nature for the end of things. Fuck, that's better, isn't it? I mean, I went in there determined, but it was bloody hot in that stairwell. As she says this, Claire drops her cigarette on the ground, and the embers spark a little against the paving stones. I know what you mean. A few hours without smoke will certainly have you questioning everything, Sarah replies, and they share a wry smile. And then they kiss, and Claire thinks love is another word for fate. And as they walk away, they hear a scream and then the dull, thick sound of a body hitting the street. Blood erupts in a sudden jet and then rains down again to join the thick puddle oozing from below the deflated figure of what had once been a man. Joining a pile of other bodies. And Claire thinks how love is another word for hope thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This is a one short story of many that I'm going to produce over the course of this year. And if you'd like to follow along, just subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate your support. Many thanks. Goodbye.